Hello, my friends, and welcome again to the Bible Lab, the podcast where we explore major themes from every book of the Bible in order to see how each page points us to Jesus, who he is, and what he's done. I'm your host, Andy Wood. Thank you for joining me today, my friends. We are going to conclude our study of the book of James by seeing how James connects faith and works. Now, James is a very practical book of the Bible. It is overstating the case to say that, you know, James is really concerned about Christians living out their faith because the entire Bible is concerned with followers of God living out their faith. But James is unique in just the sheer ratio of indicatives or statements of fact to imperatives, to the number of commands. There's just dozens and dozens of commands in the book of James. James is a very, very practical book. And James emphasizes being a doer and not just a hearer of the word. He writes this in James 1, through 25. Be doers of the word and not just hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Someone who just listens to the word fools himself. So think about the word as a mirror. Now, when you stand in front of a real, actual mirror, unless you're incredibly vain and you're just admiring your reflection, most of us look into a mirror to find flaws. We're looking for spinach stuck in our teeth. We're looking for our glasses being crooked or a smudge here or a blemish there. We're looking for maybe we button our shirt and we get kind of the buttons crossed up. We're looking for flaws. And when we look at ourselves in a mirror and we see those flaws, we correct them. We take the spinach out of our teeth. We, we button our shirt correctly. We tuck our shirt in. How foolish would it be to look at yourself in the mirror, a face full of blemishes, you know, food stuck in your teeth, and look at yourself and see all those flaws and say, I look gorgeous, and walk away without correcting the flaws. James says, that's what a person who just hears the word, which is going to reveal our flaws, that's what a person who hears the word and doesn't do it is like. He's a fool. The contrast of a foolish person who simply hears but does not obey is the blessed person who not only focuses on God's way of life, who not only talks the talk, so to speak, but who puts it into practice. He walks the walk. And that walk that he's walking is the path to real understanding and freedom. James is very closely connected to the book of Proverbs, which is very closely connected to the book of Deuteronomy. And in Deuteronomy and Proverbs and James... All three of these books do a brilliant job of boiling down life to one of two choices. Either you choose to hear, listen, obey, and be blessed, or you choose to turn away, to disobey, and enter into curse. And this is what James does. He makes it really, really clear. You can either practice real, vibrant Christianity, which involves taking God's word in and letting God's word change how we live. Or you can go through the motions and fool yourselves and one day stand condemned before God. One of the most practical ways that James gives us of demonstrating that we're doers of the word is in the use of our tongues. James 1.26 says, If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. It doesn't matter how religious you say you are, if your words are full of deceit and anger and vile speech, then you are deceived and your religion 
is worthless. True doers of the word will control what they say. Now, James has a lot to say about faith and works. And what we need to remember before we dive into what James is talking about is that James has written for us a letter. And the letters of the New Testament are what we call occasional letters. An occasional letter doesn't mean a letter that you write every now and again, but a letter that you write to address a specific occasion. It's very clear from what James wrote that there were a lot of people in the church confused about the relationship between faith and works. And just to kind of get out ahead of ourselves a little bit, it's also very clear that when you read the letter to the Galatians, for example, by the Apostle Paul, that Paul is writing to people who are very confused about the relationship between faith and works. The difference is how they were confused. You see, James was writing to people who thought that if you just said you believed certain things, it didn't matter how you lived. That if you said the right words, if you prayed the right prayer, if you got baptized, you know, if if you said you were a Christian, then you were good. That's why James writes something like this, James 2.14. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? But it's equally obvious that when you read the letter of Galatians that Paul is writing to a church that's very confused about faith and works in the opposite direction. They have been told that salvation comes by faith plus works. And so when you read Galatians, Paul is emphasizing the centrality of Christ, the sufficiency of his work on the cross for our salvation, and reminding us that if anyone comes preaching to you a different gospel, let him be accursed. If anyone comes preaching to you salvation by faith plus works, that's not the gospel. But James would say, and that's true, amen, brother Paul, and if anyone comes teaching to you faith that doesn't lead to works, that's also a different gospel. So James points out that the level of faith that he's addressing, faith that does not lead to works, is the same faith the demons had. And we can be sure the demons aren't going to heaven. James 2, 18 and 19. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works. And I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Real faith expresses itself in good works. James 2, 15 through 17 illustrates what James meant by deficient faith or demonic faith. If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? Rhetorical question. The answer is, it's not good at all. It's worthless. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Now, friends, be crystal clear on this. James is not saying that salvation comes by works. If James said that, if James was saying to us that salvation comes by works, if James said that salvation comes by faith plus works, that would contradict all of Scripture. For example, Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, Paul writes, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. And then Paul writes in Romans 3, 23 and 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and they are justified by his grace as a gift. And then verse 28 of chapter 3 of Romans, For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. When you read through James chapter 2, if you're paying attention and, and remembering back to what you read in Paul, you're going to see something that looks like a contradiction. James 2, 20 through 24 says this, Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? 
Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works, and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Uh Uh-oh. Paul just said, for we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. And then James 2.24 says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. This appears to be a contradiction. But it is only, my friends, an apparent contradiction. Because when we actually dig into what the word justification can mean, we see that each of these two men is using the word in two different ways. So justification can mean a legal declaration. And this is the way Paul means it. When Paul uses the word justification, he is referring to the legal declaration of God that changes our status from sinners to saints. And when James uses the word justification, he's not using it to mean a legal declaration. He's using it to mean a public demonstration. When James says Abraham was, or any person, is justified by works and not by faith alone, he's saying you must publicly demonstrate the righteousness that God gave you as a gift. When you do that, you are justifying yourself. You're not declaring yourself righteous. That'd be ridiculous. It doesn't matter what you say about yourself. You are demonstrating to the world that your faith is real. So when Paul says justification, he means legal declaration. When James says justification, he means public demonstration. And just to prove the point, friends, think about the timeline of Abraham. Think about the two events that James himself mentions. He mentions Abraham believing God, and he he mentions Abraham offering up his son Isaac on the altar. Well, which of those two events comes first in the timeline? Well, what comes first is Abraham being declared righteous by faith in Genesis 15. This is Paul's use of the word justification. And Abraham believed the Lord, and God counted it to him as righteousness. So Abraham's faith in God led to God declaring Abraham righteous. It was a free gift that God gave to Abraham. That comes first. And then it's only about 20 to 25 years later in Genesis 22 when Abraham publicly displays his righteousness through faith. Genesis 22, 1 through 3, after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. What we learn from the book of Hebrews is that Abraham believed the promises of God. That's what led to God declaring Abraham righteous. And Abraham so deeply believed the promises of God that God would bless the world through his son Isaac. Isaac, who was a young boy and had no children. And Abraham understood He's not stupid. He understands that if Isaac is dead, he can't bless the world. So Abraham believes that he is going to kill his son and God is going to resurrect him from the dead so that God can keep his promise. Abraham's obedience in the offering up of Isaac on the altar was a public demonstration that his faith was real and living. But just to state the obvious again, the declaration of righteousness 
came before the demonstration of righteousness. And so it is with us. Paul's point is this. Salvation comes by grace through faith. And James' point is this. True faith, the faith that saves, it saves you alone, but true faith will never remain alone. Saving faith will always manifest itself in works. James warns us, as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Brothers and sisters, do not make the mistake of setting James against Paul. We need to hear them both. We need to have our pride and self-sufficiency broken by the Spirit through the words of the Apostle Paul, showing us that all of our righteousness suffices for nothing before God. We desperately need him to forgive us. We desperately need the blood of Jesus Christ. But hear the word of James. James, who through the Holy Spirit will pierce our apathy, our laziness, our deafness to the cries of the world. He will not allow our hearts to grow cold, to grow hard. We must demonstrate the faith that we have in works of righteousness for the glory of Jesus. So friends, the next time we come back together, Lord willing, we're going to begin an examination of the gospel of Luke. But for now, take up and read. God bless.